That'll be a good peak in the sound wave. <laughs> That'll be a nice little... Little... Ah! Yep, there it is again. <laughs> um, oh, okay. All right. Go. Let's, let's go. <laughs> um, <laughs> hello. Everyone, and welcome to the Hamsteak Podcast, the podcast where we read Homestuck and tell you about it. My name's Alex, and I have not read Homestuck before. My name's Lydia, and I should probably reread soon if I'm going to say that I super have. Uh, and yeah, we read um, the actual ending of Act 4 today. Mm-hmm. And I also, know we said we were going to start Act 5, sorry. It was, we're not. I forgot how much stuff there is. I promise there's a whole episode's worth of stuff here. We'll meet trolls next week. I can finally stop biting my tongue over <laughs> some of their names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and the, also Alex wrote a summary. Yeah, so um, I we, re- we read the, uh, the second recap that was at the end of this reading. Um, decided it wasn't uh, salient enough to... Uh, devote time to, uh, but I tried to recap Homestuck as succinctly as I could in about seven paragraphs. Um, <laughs> Succinct! Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's pretty good, I think. Yeah. It's a lot less than the recap that Hussey wrote. Yeah, it's really granular, the recaps that he writes. Like, you could read the recap instead of reading the comic, pretty much, if you really yeah. wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> in in mine, I didn't even say anyone's name. Um <laughs> So yeah, but we're going to read um, the end of Act 4, Yeah, which we begin today with, uh, from Dave's POV, uh, his own hands, which are um, bloody, because he just dumped his own body into the lava. Right, casually. Mm. I, I got really confused, actually, when I clicked on... I just I go from I go from our Libsyn page and I just click on whatever I said was going to be the first page next week, um, and I clicked on it and I was like, wait, this is not the first. This can't be the first page. Like this is no, it is. Mm-hmm. It's just like like it's like oh the act ends and then it's like psych and then it's just like bloody teenager hands. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, GC talks to Dave. It's, uh, she's so weird and shitty, and, like, he's also so weird and shit. like... He's, yeah, he's uh, trying to process this, um, and she's, uh, laughing at him for having blood on his hands and for being stupid. Um, yeah. Part of, part of why she's behaving this way, you will understand later on, and it has to do with troll society. Sort of. But also, she's just weird. Yeah, she's just mean. Um, Sometimes. Sometimes she's nice, and then sometimes she's mean. Um, And then he, like, takes a jab at her blindness, which is shitty, but I think, like, he's going off what he knows and trying to retaliate. Right. She's She's also, she's made it pretty clear that she doesn't actually seem, this is another influence of the in, like, iteration of the, like, super-powered blind character trope, where, like, or maybe she doesn't mm-hmm. have superpowers, but she doesn't seem to be actually impaired at all by her blindness. Like, as far as we can tell from the story, she seems to be able to taste color well enough to operate as though she could see. Right. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, from what I've seen, I don't think it's, like, a a Daredevil-type thing. 
it's just like she does use her other senses. Yeah, but like like to the point where like she's not like you never I don't know I, that's sort of a spoiler, but you're never gonna see her like demonstrate any impairment at all just because she can't see. It's like she just has a different set of sensory processes. So I don't know. Right. It's like maybe it's, he doesn't know that though, but. It's weird. Everybody's... They're being shitty teens. This, okay, so this is an example of believable shitty teens. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. This reflects... Like, you could reasonably be ableist in that way at this age. And, like, it's shitty, but, like, he's really upset. And she clearly doesn't seem very insecure about it. And it's, like, not good for him to be doing, but it's not lazy writing. Yeah. You know, like, it, it serves a real purpose in their interaction. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, anyway, uh, Dave and GC are being shitty to each other. Um, and then, uh, Jade and AT, adios Toreador, mm-hmm. have a, a, another conversation. Mm-hmm. So, a bunch of stuff happens in this conversation. Um, Jade's still asleep on Earth. Um, he says, it looks like she's gonna wake up soon. Uh, but he doesn't have much time. He also mentions that uh, the rift that we've heard about from some of the trolls is something that Jade causes. Right. Which I which I didn't see coming. I didn't think, I didn't really know what the rift was. Oh. Well, we were all, I mean, we don't know what the rift is yet, but like, yeah. remember how like, um, what's his handle? What CG was saying about how um, like Jade is the one who like fucks everything up. Right, but I thought that was uh, because of the like the packages and the time travel. There, oh, there's more. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> um. And uh, yeah, I uh, et mentioned something like um the the idiotic thing about trolling is if you use it to troll people, you're just as likely to get trolled yourself. Mm-hmm. Which we've definitely seen so far, uh, where the the Earth kids uh control the trolls just as much as vice versa because of uh like crossing stream time shenanigans i would argue that the kids are the ones who effectively troll the trolls and the trolls yeah. just kind of like harass right. them or yeah. chat them up <laughs> you know yeah for sure yeah the trolls really don't understand like human pranks yeah they kind of don't which is really like funny like i don't know the, yeah, the, the inconsistencies of like what they do and don't understand about human society are like interesting or like not internal inconsistencies but just like it seems weird the set of things that they do and don't understand mm-hmm. yeah the, yeah it's it's funny what like uh somewhere in this reading um G, uh, cg says to dave like oh well like uh, this this color tastes sweet, like this candy you wouldn't know of. It's called cotton candy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Dave says, we have cotton candy dump ass. Yeah. Um, Which is a spodge. Sorry? Which is a, a spod reference. I'm pronouncing spod. the acronym like an idiot. It just kind of came out of my mouth, and I was like, I'm just going to commit. Sweet bro and hella Jeff. Oh. Spodge. 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 Okay. Yeah. You need to put that... Um, like that emphasis on the the schwa. Yeah, you need the schwa in there. No, the sabage instead of spodge, like spurb. Yeah, I'm in, I'm inserting a schwa there. Oh, is that called a schwa? Yeah, it's the vowel. It's a it's a indeterminate vowel sound. 
It's like the vowel sound that is neutral to your dialect. Huh, is the cool. schwa. Yeah. So they're having um, this ominous conversation. Dream selves can die. Jade will cause their rift. Tr- uh, trolls who use trolley and end up getting trolled themselves. Yes. Um, and AT mentions that he was the happiest he was when playing the game was when he was asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now all the trolls' dream selves are dead. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of um, sad. Yeah. And then uh, when they stop talking, we see AT wis- like wistfully remembering his time on Prospect. Yeah. Uh, and we see like a, a little bit of a less well-drawn image of him with a goofy smile, uh, like floating on Prospect. And we see three towers behind him. Cause obviously there's like six on each planet. Yeah. For reasons that are a huge spoiler, that's really poignant. Actually that panel. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that would show. Yeah. Something. Um, and then we get, we get, we've got, we're getting these conversations one after another. Um, Rose and uh, G.A., um, who is G- Grim something. Grim Auxiliatrix. Thanks. Uh, Rose, so um, Grim Auxiliatrix has been talking with Rose, and uh, one time that she did that, it was actually with John, who's using Rose's computer. So she thinks that there's like a dumb Rose and a smart Rose. Yeah. Uh, and then Rose figures that out. Uh, and she, she like, yeah, anyway. Uh, well, she recall br- that, so this is, I didn't bother to go back, sorry, I'm a lazy podcast host, I didn't go bother to go back and figure out which of their conversations this is, because remember, they actually, at one point, patched together and figured out the relative order of their conversations on their respective timelines. Right, yeah, because GA keeps jumping around. Um, I don't, I don't really want to get into that, that's. It's seem. kind of irrelevant. Yeah, basically, this is before that conversation as far as GA is concerned and after it yeah. as far as Rose is concerned, and so it'll yeah, all these, be resolved later. And Yeah, these two are talking, like, in an arbitrary order. Mm-hmm. Um, but, she, yeah, Rose brushes GA off at this point because she's pretty busy with killing monsters. Mm-hmm. In a cool-looking um, panel. Yeah, she... She's really badass with her dark magic. Mm-hmm. Um, then GC trolls Dave some more. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, then we get S Descend. And this is the first flash that I needed to watch on YouTube again, just to take notes, because it was so dense. Ah! We're, well, um, and because it's so dense, and also because you now have enough of a schema... For this right, comic, yeah, but you was, can actually start unpacking things. Right, I was like, like I caught everything that happened. Yeah, like I understood all the scenes, which were, there were a lot of. So, um, do you mind if I just like jump into describing it? Yeah, do it. So uh, this flash starts with Dave actually entering the medium, which I'd actually forgotten we hadn't seen before, because uh, we jumped forward on Dave's timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when Dave is entering the medium, he's climbing up the tel- or, like the satellite tower trying to uh, get to the egg, but it's actually being incubated by his kernel sprite, and it's going to hatch on its own. Um, so he falls, uh, Bro catches him, and also slices the meteor in half. Right, so, okay, what I didn't realize until I read the recap is that it's kind because it's sometimes, like, the cinematography is sort of unclear um, mm-hmm. in these animations, so he's supposed to actually be riding the meteor. 
Yeah. As he, like, chops it in half. And then, so, the he, like, sends his hoverboard off to, like, catch Dave at the same time, because he's, like... Right. He's all slick. Yeah. Um, and so the two halves kind of crush on each side of the uh, house, mm -hmm. giving them a bit more time to get in. Uh, but, like, the blast radius is approaching. Mm -hmm. um, then we see uh, the ship that uh, Grandpa is driving with Mom and Dad, uh, who are holding a gun and a cake, re respectively. Yeah. <laughs> uh, walking to, or, like, going towards Skya. Mm -hmm. um, and then on Skya, we see Jack. Uh, he's slaughtering the black and white... Uh, soldiers that came with WV to um, have an insurrection. Yeah, they're all just like little pawn guys. Yeah, and he like he leads WV alive. And I guess again, I'm gonna use what the recap said, which was that um, Jack. We're not sure why Jack left WV alive. He could be like the sole witness, or Jack respects him like as a fellow mutineer. Um, but either way, WV is left pretty traumatized, I think, by all these people around him bleeding out. Yeah, he just, like, he individual. it's not even, so he's about to use this, like, big, like, magical, like, weapon of mass destruction and, like, just zap stuff. But right now he's literally, like, slashing people in half with a sword. Like, it's, it's really brutal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then he uses the ring, um, the black ring, mm -hmm. to kind of, like, this huge, like, these energy tendrils yeah. come out of it and go into the ground, and we zoom out on the battleground, and I, we actually see, like, a full, like, hemisphere of this globe is getting, like, cracked with, like, lava coming up out of big cracks mm -hmm. uh, from Jack's power here. Uh, and we, he also, like, destroys these huge, like, um, like uh, chest-themed things that have been on the battlefield. Yeah. Uh, and we see an archer um, who looks significant only because she's drawn with eyelashes mm -hmm. instead of, like, the dot eyes of the other uh, carapace people. Is she significant? Nope. Okay, cool. Nope, I didn't even catch that. She is not important. Um, so, meanwhile, in the Vale, um, the Reckoning is seconds away uh, on a big countdown clock in the lab John is in. And either John sends the babies into their meteors, or they just get sent on their own. I'm not sure if he does something. Um, the implication is that John does it. Because, okay. because um, CG told him what to do. Right. That's, that's right. Um, so, Jack destroys half of Skya. Um, CD uh, has found the White Scepter. CD is the little guy in the Midnight Crew slash... Uh, Dark Kingdom agent. Mm -hmm. um, so he's, he's found the White Scepter, and he gives it to Jack. Uh, and he Jack uses that to initiate the Reckoning. Right. So um, this is the Reckoning happening too early that we've been hearing about. Right. And of course, like, everything was in place for it to happen too early. Like, it was sort of predetermined that it would, right? Because, like, the countdown clock was counting down to this moment and everything. But, right, exactly. But it's happening. It's happening. Um... So, D.D., Diamond Stroog, is using the machinery in the Frog Temple yep. um, to make a paradox. He, he, like, he summons a paradox clone of Harley slash Hallie the dog. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he combines that with the decoded DNA sequence from Rose's journal mm -hmm. to create Becquerel. Yep. Uh, like a, a little puppy Becquerel with no face. 
um, AR is still inside, and he gets traumatized by this experience, uh, explaining why he surrendered to the pumpkin with Becquerel's face in it mm-hmm. way back when. Um, then we cut over to Jade on Prospit, who is having a wonderful dream uh, flying around this beautiful golden city with her friends uh, until she spots Jack overhead, who just, like, lights the entire planet, like, the entire moon on fire. Yep. Just, like, d- like buildings are shattered everywhere. He cuts the... It's sort of two moons, like, chained together, and he cuts them apart. And the half with the kids' towers uh, starts falling into Sky's atmosphere. Right. Um, which is not good, because uh, John is still asleep in there. Yeah, so John and Jade are, like, plummeting towards the battlefield, like, through the, I guess, the atmosphere of Skya, and Jade is just, like, like, there's debris falling behind them that's, like, about to, like, impact them into the battlefield, and Jade is just, like, shaking John, like, trying to wake him up. Yeah. Um, then in the middle of this flash, there's a commercial break for Squiddies, or Squiddles. Yeah. Um... And then we go back to John. Uh, he falls out of the room along with um, a plush Harlequin. Yeah. That was like, I guess, like the source of his nightmares or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Jade tries to uh, slap him awake. Um, and then it's too late. Uh, and she pushes him out of the way of the impending impact mm-hmm. uh, and does not make it herself. And Dream Jade dies. Yeah, and we are, so we, we find that out for real later. Well, it's sort of hinted that we're supposed to expect that because of her conversation with A.T., and then later yeah. in the recap we find out that that is in fact what happened, and, and, you know, later in the reading we find out that that is in fact what happened, but um, it's it's sort of shown in this flash, like, you don't see her after she pushes John, but what you see is the dream bot explode. Yeah. Um, back on Earth. Um, Which um, destroys Jade's room. Right, and so, like, Earth Jade is asleep in her room, mm-hmm. or, well, in what used to be her room, which is now plummeting towards the da- ground. Yeah. Um, things are not good. No. Um, and then Dream John is awake now. And Finally. He see- yeah. Uh, a moment too late. Um, and he looks up and he sees the reckoning beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, all the... Asteroids from the Vale are coming towards uh, Skya and getting transported elsewhere. Yeah. Or elsewhen in Earth, on Earth's timeline. Mm-hmm. And then there's a mushroom cloud. Uh, I'm not sure where it is. So, okay, so there's two brief cuts where we see... So we see John floating in the smoking crater on the battlefield. Then we see Dave go through... He skateboards through his, um, his first gate. And right. Rose blows hers up. Yeah, I didn't understand... I didn't see that. I didn't, like, catch that when it happened. Um, yeah, I had I to pick that up from the, the I later. Didn't, like, yeah, I didn't realize that you could blow up a gate. I thought it was kind of an immaterial thing. I mean, she's magic. Okay, it's right. It's kind of the deal. Yeah, you're not supposed to realize that you could blow up a gate. Like, it's kind of a weird, jarring, like, idea that you could. And so, it's like... Yeah, what's about to happen is Rose is about to decide to break all the rules. Um, But so, it's kind of, this is another instance of, like, it's sort of frustratingly unclear, the cinematography, and you're really meant to infer it, and you really can't. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But so after those two shots, then you get a quick look at John's neighborhood back on Earth, and then a mushroom cloud, the implication being like, this is a oh, that, huge impact the, that destroys right. it. That's the meteor. Okay, I see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we end this flash with a view of Jade's Island at night with the smoking tower uh, and Becquerel's in the foreground. And in the background is an enormous asteroid looming. And it's not, like, burning up in the atmosphere. It's, like, just there in the sky. Mm-hmm. And it takes up, like, half the sky. But just, I mean, like, so the idea is if it's so far away that it doesn't even seem like it's impending and it's still that big, like, how big yeah. is it? Um, yeah. And if you remember way, 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 way back when Rose finds that console that shows all the meteors that are coming. Right. Remember, yeah, like, that, like, like, far and away the biggest one was over. It's like, yeah, it's like a quarter of the ocean. Yeah. Um, and I guess that is probably a large part of why the Pacific Ocean is evaporated in the future. Yeah, that would about do it. <laughs> um, so then Rose updates the game fact for the first time in a while, and for the last time... Right, this is, so this is, that, that was the end of Act 4. Right. The curtains draw for real this time. And now right. we're in sort of an interlude. Yeah, it doesn't call itself an intermission this time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of a bit of... Um, resolution, I guess, for each of the uh, plot threads. Mm -hmm. And then in Act 5, we'll go into an entirely different reality. Um, So, yeah, so Rose updates the game fact. Um, And my question is, is anyone using this game fact on Earth? Is there anyone else playing the game? Are there, like, more than four copies of the game on Earth? Are there multiple sessions? Uh, Yes, because if you remember um, very early in the comic you saw a menu of many different game facts with Rose listed among them. And the thing is, most of them didn't get any... Most of them weren't successful in entering the game. In fact, I don't think any of them were successful in entering the game. On Earth. On Earth. So, okay. Right. So none of them, like... This will okay. get very interesting in many thousands of pages. Sure. On Earth, yeah. yes and no. Okay. Cool. Um... So, yeah, so she says, like, this is the final update, uh, I'm not playing the rules anymore, uh, screw you, powers that be. Basically, yeah, she's saying the the gods are telling me that we're gonna fail, um, I have trolls telling me that we're gonna fail, I don't buy it. Yeah, um, and so, what, the last thing she does with the game fact is she uploads it to a server in the furthest ring. Which looks like a phone, like an old-fashioned phone, with an, like an old-fashioned cell phone with an antenna. Yeah. Um, and she says, like, it might be broadcast to some other player group in some other reality there by the old gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see, like, some silhouettes of the old gods, I assume. Yep. Um, and they're pretty betentacled. Yeah. As well as Rose's very pretty flashing magic signature. Right. Yeah, um, so I'm gonna go ahead and guess that this game fact gets used by the trolls. Um, okay, I actually can't remember. <laughs> oh, nice. I can't remember. I think the thing that I'm alluding to is slightly different, and, uh, it's slightly different. Okay, well that would be pretty, uh, neat and tidy if, if that's the case. Okay. It's not, it's not, it's mostly not the case. Okay. I don't think. If... If it is, it's not prominent enough for me to remember. Nice. So. 
Um, then we get to, uh, we're going to be intermittently looking at um, all of our exiles, uh, seeing them, there's going to be a pattern, They are, we see them arriving on Earth mm-hmm. and taking on their exile garb, and then a flashback of how they kind of got there. Yeah, how they, how things ended on... On the battlefield for them. On the battlefield. Yeah, so, uh, the war-weary villain becomes wandering vagabond. Mm-hmm. Wayward, Wayward vagabond. vagabond. Um, and he wraps himself up in John's bedsheets from Prospect, mm-hmm. which are, like... They have little they have, ghosts. Like, yeah, they have little ghosts on them. Um, and this is actually the same outfit that he's wearing in the future. It's just become unrecognizable and dirty. Right. Um, and, yeah, so he... In the, in the, like, very recently in the past, back when the flash happened, uh, he saw the doll that fell out of John's room, uh, and he rips it up, and it's like, it's like this Harlequin doll, and it's, um... It looks a hell of a lot like Jack. Yeah, it's, like, basically prototyped. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just rips its head off. Yeah. Which is kind of useless symbolism, actually. I didn't find that particularly powerful. Um, and for once, like, it doesn't come back later. Like, it's not actually plot relevant at all. It's literally just... It's just, he's... He's like, just mad. Yeah, I, I understand that. It's, like, frustration, and the only thing he can do is symbolically tear Jack's head off. Yeah. Um, which is, like, probably the most violent thing he's ever done. Yeah. Um... Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't end up becoming a violent person like now mm-hmm. or ever really. Um but he yeah. is awfully angry. Um then we go see Dream John finding his dead friend. Yeah, who's like smoking. Yeah. Like smoke is coming off her and she's like lying face down. Um he takes her ring. Mm-hmm. Um, Not knowing that it's, like, important at all. He's just like, I guess this is, like, a way to, like, remember her. Right. Um, and then he's, you know, he's crying, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and he looks up, and he sees himself in the clouds of of, um, of Skya. Right. And he sees himself at the big uh, checkerboard castle mm-hmm. that we've seen before, which is where the Black King was. Um, and so he realizes he has to go there. Right. Uh, and I guess he I guess he takes Jade with him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um then we cut over to PM uh arriving on desert earth and making herself uh she's covered in blood and mm-hmm. uh we haven't seen how she got that way yet and she's making herself a new outfit out of prospect banners so they start out yellow but they won't be forever. Mhm. A mistress um, becomes a mendicant. Yes. Uh, so she has uh, murdered Hart's boxcar. Yeah, so we go into her flashback, and she has super... Deca- she, like... Decapitated, yeah. It's a really brutal panel. Like, she's, she's like, towering over the viewer with a bloody sword, like, spattered in blood, with, like, a decapitated head grimacing, mm-hmm. like, on the ground at her feet, and she's taken his walkie-talkie and talking to Slick. Right. And it's very, like, oh, man, it's it's kind of sad. Like, she's, it's not, like, a, oh, like, badass, like, action lady, like, moment. Oh, yeah, it's very, sure. like, oh, my, it's a very, it's meant to be, like, very, like, tragic, like, that 
it has oh. come to this. Like, she's not happy to be in this position at all. Absolutely. Yeah, so... But she, yes. summons, she summons Jack, because she's like, I have the crowns. Like, remember yeah, I, this I've... deal? I forgot about the deal. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, hey, I've fulfilled my half. Um, and then he, uh, Jack flies over, um, and she hands him the crowns, and then he is he's pretty happy with that. Mm-hmm. And he honors the bargain, and uh, CD hands her the package. Mm-hmm. Which remember has a, a very has this incredibly powerful weapon that was what allowed him to usurp the Black Queen. Right. We don't know what it is yet. Right. Um, but um, he's apparently impressed enough with PM that he actually hands that over to her. Uh, or so, and he kind of mentioned this. Hussey mentions this in the recap. We don't know yet whether it's because he's just impressed with her, or because he thinks that he still has control of whatever's in the box, and it's just going to like destroy right. PM. We don't know. Right. Um, and so then PM sees John, uh, and she's not happy to see him, but her duty is to deliver his mail, and she does so, and then stalks away. Yeah, she, like, she, she, like, smacks it into his stomach in a way that, like, made me feel like I got the wind knocked out of me. She, like, slams it into his arms, and then stalks off, like, just so, like, she's so, just, all she wants to do is deliver is the mail and like do her job and she's okay yeah. like and like look what's happened yeah like she's just really dedicated to her job and it's put her in this really brutal position and <sighs> pm yeah anyway so then john opens the package which remember is um his birthday present remember it's his birthday it's still his birthday yeah. um this is his birthday present from, from his Jade. his friend who he has no way of knowing is hopefully still alive on earth at least but he just right. encountered her dead body yeah um there's two letters there's two letters uh, the first one is in jade's color but it's not her handwriting it's not quite her color it's uh jade's color is very like highly saturated and this is like a dark this is this is like a a literal a pine- jade green it's it's actually exactly uh, the same or almost exactly the same shade as um ga oh cool yeah um so yeah, I wasn't sure. I I guess that this was Grandpa, but then uh, Jade said that it was her pen pal. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And she, uh, the pen pal says that they and Jade have been um, putting together this gift for a long time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then this this mysterious person uh, uses some words like um, fisticuffs. Uh huh. And some old old words, and so that's why I guessed it was Grandpa. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this person is a, is a mystery now. This, uh, pen pal of Jade's. This is the biggest, honestly, I think this, okay, so besides Lil Cal, um, and some stuff that emerges with the trolls, this is mm-hmm. like, maybe like number three of like the biggest mysteries in Homestuck so far is like, who is the pen pal? And we don't find out for a good long time. Wow. Yep. Um, you should, it's really funny because to me now it's like, it's radically obvious immediately who it is. Wow. Um, and you're like, it's really funny to hear you guess, um, based on that, but. Can I, can I make a guess to you? You're welcome to. Is it Lord English? (laughs) Uh, no, but, uh, the character who is, people did think was Lord English for a long time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is it. One of the trolls? No. 
Okay. Um, all right. So, yeah. Let's not get any closer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this person has an itemized list of uh, the things inside the package, mm-hmm. which are uh, four hugely powerful weapons mm-hmm. of each of the uh, kids' specificities. Right. And also a uh, the Con Air Bunny. Tricked out like a cyborg. Yeah. Um, and it can move around on its own. Yeah. And it uses, it has the weapons because they're, they're small versions. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that, this is the uh, ultimate weapon that Jack used. Yes, is this bunny wielding these, these, because they're still really powerful. They're just smaller. They're bunny yeah. size. Yeah. Um, I just, I really love the language that, um, that the pen pal uses in this carrot, in this, like, letter, and, like, on this page, because he, like, alternates, like, he uses very, like, goofy, like, old-timey language, but, like, in, like, a weird way. Like, he's, he's just, uh, like, oh, kicking Christ in a dirty diaper, and then he's like, sorry, this shit's so small. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I, I find the, the, the way that language is used, I, like, the way that he uses voice, um, and, like, writing style is really, really interesting in this comic. Anyway, so this, uh, this bunny pops out, and, um, nobody's really sure, or, well, okay, the bunny hasn't actually popped out yet. It's not immediately clear. We don't see the, the whole list. We don't know that the bunny's in there yet. Before mm-hmm. we see the bunny, John reads Jade's letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's super sad. Um, she... Like, she lays out everything about CrossFit to him. Right, she explains a bunch of stuff that we already know, but she's, like, explaining it to him with, like, yeah. this sense of wonder. And she says, like, I've been awake here most of my life, and I have so many Prospidian friends, um, and I, I see you, but you're asleep, and I can't wait until the day that you wake up. And I know that when you reach this letter, you'll have woken up, and I hope that I'll find you soon after you uh, read this letter. Um, I don't know where you are, but I'll find you. And and it'll be so much fun. I can't wait to... F- she says, like, I can't wait to fly around the moon with you and show you all my favorite places. Like, and it's really sad. Like, she's actually seen John reading her letter. And she's like, I don't see myself there. So I wonder mm-hmm. how I'll find you. Yeah. And she's literally lying there, like, at his feet. Or, like, her body is. It's... It's really, really sad, and, and he's just, like, there's a, there's a still panel of him, there's, like, a still silent panel of, of John just, like, shedding a tear. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't last very long, because uh, then he looks up and realizes he's being held at sword point by Jack, who wants his ring. Yep. Um, slash Jade's ring, slash the White Queen's ring. Right. Uh, but then the bunny comes up. Right, then we realize what was actually in the package, which is this bunny carrying all of these, like, ridiculous, like, um, like, crazy-looking weapons, yeah. But small. Um, and then (laughs) Jack realizes that he doesn't have control over the bunny anymore, because it's the Conair bunny, so it belongs to John. Right, and he's like, oh man, like, this thing, like, took out the Black Queen, like, what do I do? There's, like, a standoff. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool panel. Everyone's silhouetted in black and white, and it just says, check. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Um, so then we go to AR. Mm-hmm. Uh, the authority regulator authority landing on regulator. Earth and becoming the aimless renegade. Right. Um, yes. He 
he has he already had caution tape, mm-hmm. but I guess he finds some more and he wraps himself in it. Yep. Um, and then we go back to what happened to him, and he, um, he fled the temple. Oops. When uh, when Beck was being created, he like flew away on the hoverboard and uh, went to a different meteor out in the Vale, which happens to be the lab where John is. Mm-hmm. And this is this is after John has like this is this is like quote unquote real John. So real John, Earth John, has like fallen asleep because Dream John is now awake. Right. Uh, so Ar he caution tapes John to the rocket board. And sends him off as the uh, meteor with the uh, facility goes towards Saya. Right. So the deal is the the exits. He realizes that the exits don't work. He's trying to wake John up and like save him, but he can't. Mm-hmm. He, like he, he has no way of getting him out. So like it's really like sweet actually that he like he like sacrifices himself essentially to this like unknown fate to like save John and like keep him okay, safe. Okay. Because. Well, that was a question I had. Like, the, like the agents don't know what's going to happen to them. No, no, like, but they have... it's kind of scary. Right? No, yeah, it'd be scary either way. But they don't know that their role is to like repopulate Earth. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. It just it um, just kind of happens because, like I said, like paradox space. If it has what seems like intentionality, it has intentionality the same way things like evolution do. Okay. You know, where, like, it seems like really complex aims emerge from what what amounts to just sort of causality on top of causality. Uh, sure. <laughs> what? I'm just not, I don't quite understand what, like, what you're saying by that, but it, it doesn't really matter. Like, Okay. Well, it's like, it's now. like how, like, you were saying, like, last episode, like, oh, like, it seems like Paradox Space is, like, sentient. Um, right. And that's, like, Paradox Space is, like, making these things happen. And, like, yes, it is, but no, it's not sentient. Like, kind of the way that evolution, like, makes things happen. Like, it, you can think of it as, quote-unquote, having, like, ends, but that's kind of the wrong way of thinking about it because right, okay. it's it's more like those, like, like events transpire to, like, advance those ends just because of the way causalities pile up. I see what you mean. You know? Okay. Yeah, that's a good analogy um so yeah we uh we go back to john and um the ship that grandpa harley is picking up is uh piloting uh lands and he picks up jade's body and flies off Mm -hmm. leaving mom and dad there yeah uh and then uh grandpa's crying and flying the ship and uh with him is he taxidermied Jade Harley. He taxidermied her real fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, apparently it's the family tradition. Yeah. He's taxidermied. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It just, I don't know how to feel, like, about seeing Jade stuffed and propped up. It hurts my heart. It's supposed to. Yeah. It's Good like, it, it's one of those, like, it's really, like... It's sad, and it's, like, almost sadder because it's absurd, and, like, in that way, it, like, kind of hits at, like, the very real absurdity of, like, actual death. Mm. Yeah. She's also kind of, like, doing the, like, silly arms pose. Yeah. The, like, 
wiggly dance thing that the characters do when they like are confused and it's, it's but she's like got this like angelic like grin on her face it's oh it's, yeah it's it's hard yeah um so, and then we see finally wq mm-hmm. white queen becomes a windswept questioned right uh and she's actually brought a bunch of her subjects with her to earth but she abandons them to go on her solo quest well i wouldn't say abandons them she did come on a golden ship uh, that presumably is full of supplies and stuff, so they're, right, they'll be right. okay. Yeah. But she wanders off alone, and then years later we see her discovering and her, like, egg station that we later see her arrive in, and it's cracked mm-hmm. open, and she, for some reason, has a key that looks like it's got the Superb logo on it. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how she got it. <laughs> it's probably not that important. And then, um... Naturally, there's two settings, cracked egg and not cracked egg, and so she uses the key to switch from cracked egg version to not cracked egg version. Right. That's a silly design choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think these these stations aren't designed so much as happen. Yeah. Like, I guess that's, I guess that's a paradox space. Yeah. Causality. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so back in uh, the quote-unquote present where we left the exiles uh, at the Frog Temple. Right. Uh, Apparently they're all, it seems like they're all, like, um, what is it, WQ is kind of briefing them all on, like, what's going on. And, like, reminding them, they're, like, all kind of remembering who they used to be and everything. Right. And WV remembers that he's got this ring, he's got the White Queen's ring. Tucked mm-hmm. into the, like, the rags that hold the spear shaft to the yardstick. Right. So he's had it this whole time. Yeah. And there's a really cute panel where Serenity has, like, a, a shocked face yeah. on. And there's, like, you know how she she speaks in Morse code, and uh, if you translate it, it says, oh my! Oh. That is cute. Yeah. Very cute. Um, and then John sees this happening on Skya. He sees, uh, in one of the clouds, he sees WV holding the ring, mm-hmm. and assu- we assume he learns how to uh, find WV on Sky and give him the ring for the future. Um, you can infer that. We don't see that happen yet. He doesn't actually get right. any, uh, any context. All he sees is WV holding the ring. Like, he sees the hand and the barcode oh, okay. so wrist. So there's no information besides the image. Yeah, so we don't know how much John knows, really. Okay. About that particular That's... interaction. And I don't remember. I see. So, I think there's a, there's a, I believe there's a way more complicated series of events. Like, really, really crazy complicated. That gets the, the ring to WV from John. But I don't, okay. I don't, I think there's a lot of spoilers in it, so I can't sure. comment. Um, yeah, so, then in another cloud, he sees Harley Tower. Right. Uh, with the uh, smoldering part where Jade's room used to be. Right. Uh, then we see an interior shot of the other uh, bulb on top. Right, the main where... the main sort of bulb, which is not where Jade lives. Yeah, it's um, her grandpa's lab. And I guess she like, she was like not supposed to go in there or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's probably partly because inside is her own stuffed body. Her dream corpse, yeah. Yeah, along with Harley slash Hallie the dog. Mm-hmm. So that's the family tradition. Of, yeah, you taxidermy, you're dead. Of course. Um, so she's been sleeping 
yards away from her own dead body for her whole life. Yep. And that feels away. Yep. I told you this comic got dark. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that's that. Mm-hmm. Um. We it, inside the lab is also a uh, fourth wall, which uh, Grandpa stole. Right. And so it's not on, but if it were, we could see Hussy. Bashing away at the keyboard. Yes. And uh, uh, typing up recap, too. In, yes. Uh, which is, it doesn't recap the rest of the comic. It just recaps from his previous recap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we won't re like recite the recap to you at all. Um, yeah, we've. I mean, we've had like two episodes doing all this stuff. Like, and I'm not really sure why he has this recap here. It seems like the other one was so recent. Because if you remember, that recap was the end of year one, and this recap was on day four thirteen, or sometime thereafter. Um, Okay. I believe Descend, like the end of Act 4, was day 413. Yeah. So yeah. consider that this has been about 100 days. It's been about three months. So like the stuff that has been unfolding for us for two weeks, or like the stuff that if you were reading it, you would have read in the course of about three hours, unfolded over right. three months. Um, so yeah, it like kind of made more sense that he would recap it. Right. And I guess like we've used um, his contextual information in this reading so these recaps are necessary i guess right because not everything comes across as clearly as he probably wants it to right particularly when he leaves it up to flashes because like unfortunately there's just kind of only so much you can do with those yeah and there's only so like you can only process the information so fast yeah um so the little like split second flashes of scenes might get lost um, I just want to make two points from it sure. that I that I definitely missed. We left some other ones in as we were reading, but two things that were not clear to me, like that were confusing to me when I read them in the recap and that actually corrected a misconception, were that, um, so I think we mentioned something about the battlefield, like being f- prototyped four times. The battlefield's only been prototyped three times, because remember, there's only three players in the medium right now. So- yeah, that we, we did... We we got that right. Okay, so yeah, so there's three players. There's going to be a fourth, and it will become something weirder and more complex than just a living planet. Right. On number four. Um, I know what it is, and it's really cool. Um, Hypercube. No, better. Uh-huh. Um, like, it's really cool in terms of geometry and also in terms of, like, cosmology and also in terms of plot significance. Anyway. The other thing is that the gift is, the, the way that the letter's written makes it kind of sound like it's Jade's idea, but the, the letter was the pen pal, the, the present mm-hmm. was the pen pal's idea, not Jade's. He, like, he talked Jade into it. And he, in turn, was talked into it, uh, the term used in the recap is coerced, um, by someone else who we know nothing about. Right. Some third party. That will be important much later. Much, yeah. much later. <laughs> right. Um, the one thing from the recap that I wanted to highlight, because I kind of glossed over it, was that when the eight babies were uh, transported to Earth, each of them uh, traveled with one of the objects or animals. Mm-hmm. That were left uh, so, behind in the lab by the guardians by the, who passed through. Right. So uh, 
Baby John had his Sassacre book, uh, which would become the much older-looking family heirloom stored in Dad's safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nanasprite's inscription... W- oh, sorry. With Nanasprite's... Blech. Uh, never mind. Uh, Rose Nanas- uh, had Nanasprite's the dirt- inscription, yeah. Right. Um, Rose had the dirty bunny, which Dave gave John for his birthday. Right. Because she didn't have uh, an object, and so he wanted to give her something to, like, play with. Right. Uh, Dave uh, Tripp was... Transported with the pony Maplehoof, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I don't know why, but that's cute. Is that a, I think that might be a brony joke. I'm not really sure. That, I don't think that's possible. I think this might have been think... pre-bronies. Yeah, it definitely was. Okay. Um, and if it were that early, like he wouldn't have made the joke. I don't think. Right. Um, Jade tra- was transported with the um, knitting repaired bunny that Rose got John. Right. Um, and which Rose had cherished, cherished since birth, mm-hmm. because it's the same buddy. Um, Nana was transported with Dad's dirty hat. Uh, Mom was transported with uh, Vodka Mutini, mm-hmm. who, did they did they grow up to be Jasper's or Jasper's parent? Um, I'm not sure exactly what the story is with Vodka Mutini. Okay. All right. Uh, Grandpa was transported with the two pistols, um, which... The, which, the first of all, bit. which he would murder Sassiker with by accident. So I guess not murder, but accidentally kill acc- Sassiker. Was it by accident? Yes! No, he did not. No, this infant did not shoot Sassiker on purpose. I mean, who am I to say? Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and Bro, uh, was transported with Dreamcal, mm-hmm. um, making... Cal, uh, like a recursive object, uh, because, um, Dream Cal was created out of Dave's nightmares of real Cal. Right. And real Cal was Dream Cal. Uh, well, yes and no. Like, it's sort of unclear how the dream versions of objects are created. I wouldn't go so far as to say that they are created out of the bad dreams. You might just as easily say that the bad dreams create them. Okay, so so Dreamcal, we don't know where it came from. We super don't know where Dreamcal came from. Hold on to the idea that he's he's a sort of paradoxical object with no no clear point of origin. Um, okay, is that is that the same as the um, Jack like doll that John had? Yeah, except that one's not important. Cal's very important. <laughs> okay, um, do the others do the girls have objects like that as well? That are recursive in that way? No, Cal is like, a special case. I mean, like, do they have, like, um, dolls in their rooms on no. Prospect and Durs? Okay. So, okay, I see. No, for them, it's the whole, like, the, they're embroiled in the, like, the bunny connects all of them. Like, Dave sent it to John, who gave it to Rose, who sent it back to John as a teen. Gave it to so Dave. Jade. So, yeah, so, so Dave gives John the original Conair bunny. John Mm -hmm. gives Baby Rose the Conair bunny. She grows up with it, repairs it with knitting, sends the repaired bunny to John to thank him Mm -hmm. for sending her the knitting kit. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he gives that repaired bunny to Baby Jade, Mm -hmm. who um, tricks it out with her pen pal and sends it back to John. Okay. Yeah, so it touches all of them. Nice. Cute. Um... (laughs) Yeah, so that's uh, kind of 
the highlights of this recap. Yeah. Um, but I kind of had the idea to try to sum up Homestuck as succinctly as possible. Oh, boy. Um, here we go. And Yeah, here we go. Um, so Homestuck is a story about four 13-year-old internet friends who play a game together. The game seems to initiate a meteor storm covering the globe, but gives them equipment to teleport themselves and their houses out of harm's way. They are teleported to a place called the Medium, each of them on a different planet within it. The game itself required each of them to travel between the planets, fight monsters, complete certain tasks, and eventually fight a final boss of each world. Then they would be able to resolve the conflict that happens elsewhere in the Medium. This conflict was between the Black and White Kingdoms, each chess-themed and residing on the planets Durst and Prospect, respectively. These orbited the larger object called Skya, a source of creative energy in the universe. Um, within Skya is the battlefield, where the war takes place, and where the Black King is predestined to defeat the White King and initiate the Reckoning. This is the very meteor storm that threatened the children, as Skya attempts to defend itself by transporting the meteors to different points on Earth's timeline, the vast majority at once destroying human civilization and evaporating the oceans. Uh, four of the denizens of these kingdoms end up exiled to the post-apocalyptic Earth, where they eventually find each other, as well as equipment with which they can interact with the children in the past. These otherworldly Carapace people carry out the final phase of the game, eventually rebuilding civilization on Earth until it is ready to be harvested again. Uh, th this game apparently happens many times across different realities. It follows a seemingly predetermined timeline, with every aspect of the heroes' lives appearing to be determined by their actions in the future, and time travel. Uh, the heroes and their guardians are paradoxically, paradoxically created and then sent to Earth as babies in meteors that arrive on their respective dates of birth, uh, then discovered by the grown versions of the other babies. Our heroes, apparently, are in a session that is destined to end badly. An agent of the Dark Kingdom has usurped the throne and initiated the reckoning early, making it seemingly impossible for the children to succeed. Uh, this ends so badly that it apparently has consequences across the other universes where the sessions take place, something that upsets some of those beings. These are another group of kids, 12 aliens this time, whose own session has ended. In their future, their home planet has been rebuilt by the Carapace people. These children have access to view any point on the Earth Kids' timelines and chat with them. This leads to a lot of shenanigans, and we are about to properly meet them for the first time. And that's it? That's it. Okay, so the only thing that I wanna that I wanna correct is that we never see the agents or sorry, we never see the Earth exiles um repopulating the Earth. Right, but that's their role. That is their role. Right. But yeah, I I thought I made that clear, but I guess not. Okay. Yeah, we we haven't actually seen them do that yet. Um yeah. that remains to be like revealed how they're gonna pull that off. Um, but yeah, we're getting ready to meet some extra dimensional um, alien kids, alien teens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there we go, guys. So I think that was actually pretty good. That was a great <laughs> recap. Yeah. You managed to like, I, yeah, you managed to actually just describe like the, the, the structure. Yeah. Without like, yeah, you didn't even need to name the characters. Cause if you abstract away from that, you're right. It's not really, it's not really even about them. Yeah. Which is sort of interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I probably could have even cut stuff like the baby paradoxes. But anyway. Right. But I mean, like, yeah, so that's sort of an interesting, it sort of raises an interesting point where it's like, 
Um, this comic is not character driven whatsoever. Like, not in any way. It's completely orchestrated. Like, it's all plot driven. Right. But A, it's plot driven in a way that I find really interesting. Mm-hmm. And, like, so do so does a huge fan following, which is hard right. to achieve. And then B, also, like, the characterization is great. Despite the fact that they have no control. Right. Right. Their character traits have nothing to do with how the plot plays out, but everything to do... Well, later on, there starts to be a little bit more exercising of free will. And in fact, we're sort of entering that phase where, like, up until now, the kids have kind of been playing within the structure of the game, and Rose Mm -hmm. is beginning this trend. Rose is starting it. Um, They also tried it when they followed um, Gallo's Calibrator, the Trolls' advice, and ended up splintering the timeline. And they're, like, going off the rails. And, like, those are individual choices. And, like, yeah, they're kind of locked into paradoxes, but, like, Rose's choice does kind of have to do with, like, who she is as much as, like, the information that she's receiving, and there'll be more of that, and it goes more off the rails later on. Um, again, nice. again it, it is kind of an interesting, because then you abstract up another layer, and it did, does turn out to be a paradox all along, because, of course, it all did. Um, mm-hmm. But so, yeah, like, the fact that, like, there's really interesting character relationships playing out, despite the fact that the character traits, like, don't, you know, like, everything's sort of predetermined and you know that. Like, you expect that at this point. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, it really is. Um, I like this comic. <laughs> do you? Yeah. I have my good weeks and my bad weeks. There's weeks when I find it boring. It does become a slog later on. <laughs> oh, I was being facetious. Of course you like this comic. I know. I'm just disregarding your facetiousness out of my own metaphysiciousness. All right, listener questions. Listener questions! If you want to ask us a question, you can send us an ask on Tumblr, where we are, hamsteakpodcast.tumblr.com. You can also send us a mention on Twitter, where we are, at hamsteakpodcast. If you want to ask a question, but you think it might have a spoiler in it, or if, like, I'm sorry, I already don't remember who it was, but someone corrected me a couple weeks ago. Heavenly Evan. Heavenly Evan! If you want to be like Heavenly Evan um, and correct us if we get something wrong, um, please do. And, um, but if, especially if it's got a spoiler, um, send me a DM. Um, our question this week comes from friend of the show, Dwellington. Thanks, Dwellington! Who says, what is a nice thing that has happened to each of you this week? Aww. Ooh, that's actually tough. Mm-hmm. a lot of nice things. Nice. You go first, um, I have to think of one. I, uh, I got my bike. Um, my mom sent it out from home. So now I can use it where I live now. Nice. Yeah, I like biking. Yeah. I didn't know that about you, actually. I guess you haven't talked about biking in a while, but... You did used yeah, to, like, a long time ago. I, th- I think I remember you talking about biking. Yeah. Yeah, I went on a few bike trips in middle school. Nice. We mm-hmm. like, bike backpacking? Kind of. It was, like, bike camping trips with the school that's so cool we biked for like three days yeah and you just like brought your tents and stuff with you yeah that's yeah bike that's that's what i meant by bikepacking anyway that's so cool oh yeah it was it was like the most physically intensive time of my life probably (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Uh-huh. Um, I knew a girl who biked all the way to school in Boston from, like, her home in Vermont, like, and brought, like, a bunch of her stuff with her, like, in a bike trailer. I, I have no uh, reference for how far that is. It's actually probably about three days again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my brother, my six foot three brother is out in my driveway that I can see from my window, scooting around on a razor scooter that is appropriately oh. sized for a 10 year old. Oh. It's really funny. Um, oh, so what was a nice thing that happened to me this week? Um, I want to say the nicest thing that happened to me this week was I got funding to keep doing my research over the summer. Hey. So yeah, like I get to, I mean, everybody's kind of working like part time and it's like weird cause the summer's weird when you're an academic, but, um, yeah, I get to keep doing science and like helping with my like computer daughter and I'm really, really excited. I'm going to help like write some publications like, ah. Congratulations. Um, do you want to? Tell the listeners what your computer daughter is. Oh, so... Just quickly? My computer daughter is a euphemism for a... um, She's basically like an intelligent chatterbot um, for... Designed to be added on to, like, educational, like, learning games. Uh, You know, as opposed to those other kinds of learning games, I guess. And, uh... (laughs) And I did the creative development of her, like, trying to figure out what kind of a character she should be. So... Um, she's close to my heart and I call her my computer daughter because I, lots of blood, sweat, and tears this past semester on her. That's so sweet. Thanks. That's so sweet. I love her. Can't wait to meet your computer daughter. Oh. Um, and yeah, that was the only question we had. Thank you. So, thank you all for listening to the Hamsteak Podcast. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to find us on the internet, I am Leaf Crunch on Tumblr and Crunchleaf on Twitter. I'm still Brick Chip on Tumblr and Twitter. I didn't change it. Nice. We're still Hamsteak Podcast everywhere. Everywhere you look. Mm-hmm. Can't stop us. Um, oh, we are legion. Yeah. And um, my whole like reading plan got messed up again because I, I was overambitious, as I always am, and thought we would get into Act 5 today, and we super didn't. Um, but we... Which is okay. Which is okay. Which is, no, which is proper, yeah. I think we, we were yeah. at a good length. Um, but so we're going to start Act 5 next week, really, I promise. There are literally zero pages between us and the start of Act 5, so yeah. it's definitely going to happen. Yes. We're gonna, I, I'm going to be, like, biting my tongue so hard not to, like, just blurt a bunch of troll names. <laughs> I can't wait to say them out loud, like, because <laughs> I haven't in a really long time. Um, the end of an era. Yeah! <sighs> Except I'm sure there's more names that you won't be able to say for a long time. Oh my god, yes there are. <laughs> We're really just beginning to crack the top off the can of worms. Crack the egg of homesteak and make a nice omelette. Yes, be sure to thoroughly mix all of your metaphors before serving. <laughs> you can lead an egg to water, but you can't make it crack. Thanks for listening, you guys. Bye, everybody. Bye!